Matthew chapter 1 and beginning there in verse 18. The Bible says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found with a child of the Holy Ghost. And Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with a child, and shall bring forth a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto, uh, took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? We have seen his star in the east, and are come to worship him. And when Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. And then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search for the child diligently, the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. And when they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them, till they came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God and dreamed that they should not return to their own country, uh, they departed in their own country another way. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeareth to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt. And be thou there until I bring thee word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt. And was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. And then Herod, when he had saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth, and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem, and all the coasts thereof from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, In Ramah there was there a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and would not be comforted because they are not. 
But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead which sought the young child's life. And he arose, and took the young child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus did reign in Judah, and in the room of his father Herod, he was afraid to go thither. Notwithstanding, being warned of God in a dream, he turned aside into the parts of Galilee. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. Now as I look in Luke chapter 2 tonight, I'm going to begin there in verse 25 and just go through a few simple things here. But as I was reading through Luke chapter 2 and verse 25 and following a few verses, I wanted to pull out just a few truths that may have kind of mentioned even this morning. But the Bible says there in verse 25 that behold there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Ghost was upon him. So in verse 25 we see a man who is waiting. He's waiting on God to do something. He knows that God is going to do something. He just don't know when. He don't know when it's going to happen but he knows that God's got something big planned The Bible says there in verse 25 that he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. He was waiting for the Savior to be born. He was waiting on God to manifest himself through through a, a miraculous way, through the birth of a young child. And the reason why he knew it was coming is because the Holy Spirit had revealed that to him. And so he was waiting. And can you imagine... If the Holy Spirit spoke to your heart and said, you're not going to die until you see the Savior of the universe. But you don't know when it's going to happen, but you know it's coming. Can you imagine the anticipation that would be in your heart? The anticipation in your heart to knowing that one of these days that you're going to hold the creator of the universe in the palm of your hand. One of these days you're going to look him face to face in the eye. And of course we all will at some point. But here he was, an earthly man going to see the Savior and going to hold Him in His arms. But He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. He was expecting God to do something. He was looking forward to God doing something. He was, uh, he was uh, told that God was going to do something big. And, and so there He was waiting. I think there's a lot of people maybe perhaps even waiting tonight for waiting to see what God's going to do next. I don't know, I'm always waiting to see what God's going to do next. It doesn't matter what's going on uh, uh, in my life or around me, I'm always looking forward to seeing what God's going to do because I know God's always got a plan. And because God's always got a plan, I'm always excited about what He's going to do next. And so here He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Bible says the Holy Ghost was upon Him. And it was revealed unto Him by the Holy Ghost that He should not see death before He had seen the Lord's Christ. Now... Not only can you imagine the anticipation that he had as as, uh, he was looking forward to seeing the Son of God, God. but then can you imagine what he felt like after he had solved the Son of God? Well, I wonder how much time I got left. You know, kind of makes you wonder. (laughs) I wonder how much time I got left now that I've seen him. But you know what? After he had done seeing the Lord, he said himself, what else is there left to see? After I've done looked the Savior in the face, after I've done seen the creator of the world after I've gazed into the eyes of, the young, of, of this young child in front of me, what else is there left to see? I mean, after you've seen Jesus, what else can top that? After you've seen the Savior of the world, what else is there left to see? I mean, what other, 
what other great thing is there to see after you've seen him? And the Bible says that it was revealed unto him there in verse 26 by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit there, capital S, into the temple. I can only imagine every step he took. I'm getting ready to see the Savior. I'm getting ready to see, I'm getting ready to see this child that's called Jesus. I'm getting ready to see the Messiah that was born in the flesh, the one who was foretold would come, and now he is here, and as he is now being led by the Holy Spirit into the temple. Every step that he took and anticipation as I imagine his heart probably uh, was uh, rising and like it was bursting out of his chest and as he was so excited to see what he had been waiting so long to see. The Bible says he came by the Spirit into the temple like the excitement that he had. You know, we should probably all have that same excitement as we come into the house of God. When we come into the house of God being excited to see Jesus. I know we may not see him visually face to face, but we can see Jesus and hear Jesus through his word as it is preached and through the songs as we sing and through the faces and the words and deeds of our brothers and sisters in Christ. And not only that, but how the, how the Lord would move in our hearts in the midst of the service as we uh, give ourselves over to him. And the Bible says he came by the Spirit into the temple and we had... Uh, and when his parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, which was to be circumcised, the Bible says in verse 28, then he took him up in his arms and blessed God. Can you just imagine what it was like then? He was, he was going into the temple and Mary and Joseph came in and they brought in the little child Jesus and as perhaps he stood there, just waiting for them to get there. And when they walked in, he sees them holding the little baby Jesus. He sees them holding this young child and this young child that was told to him by the Holy Spirit of God himself that you will not die until you see, in essence, the Savior of the world, the consolation of Israel, and the anticipation, the excitement, the, the overwhelming joy that he had in his heart as he looked forward to seeing what God had promised him. You know, God's always making good on his promises. God can never lie. And so he was looking forward to seeing what God had promised him. And so excited about seeing the Savior, the one who he knew was already who was born to die. The one that he already knew that, that this young child that I'm looking at is one day going to die for me. Can you imagine the, uh, uh, the uh, overwhelming, not just joy, but also even perhaps the sadness that came across his heart because he knew the he, he knew the, the the Old Testament law. He knew about the priest and the scapegoat and the blood sacrifices and and how you had there had to be uh, in order for sins to be forgiven that there had to be the shedding of blood and and so he knew that as he held the Lord Jesus up in his arms and and as he looked into the eyes of of eternal life as he looked in the eyes of the young child as he looked into the face of God Himself. The sadness that he felt that maybe the sadness that he maybe have felt as he looked into the eyes of the Lord Jesus, those innocent eyes that he knew would never, never sin, that would always be perfect. That this child that he held in his arms was the all-powerful, almighty creator of the universe. And that this child that looked at him in the face, that one day this child was going to die for him. 
that one day that this child that he held in his hands and as he looked in his eyes and as he caressed him in his arm and as he perhaps put his finger in the cusp of that child's hand. Now I imagine the Lord Jesus as a baby just like any child perhaps reaching up and grabbing hold of his finger or perhaps letting out those little childlike baby whimpers that they do. And as he looked at the Lord Jesus, imagining him as the sacrifice for his sins, that this child that I'm holding in my hands is going to have to die for me. That it's my fault that this child is one day going to have to die, that, that is because of my sins. But, but then also overwhelmed with the joy that this child that he's holding in his hands loves him far beyond he can ever even compare and even imagine. That this young child that is in his hands is going to give his life for me, because he loves me so much. The Bible shows this right here in, here in verse 28. The Bible says he took him up in his arms and he blessed God. How can you not know all these things and hold Jesus in your hands and not give praise and thanks to God? And the Bible says he took him up in his arms and he blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thine word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation. He knew what Jesus was here for. He knew what the child was born for. He knew, he knew that, uh, that the Lord Jesus was, what, what, what was life. He knew that this child that he held in his hand was going to give him eternal life. That this child that he now held in his hand, as he looked into those innocent eyes, those innocent baby eyes of the Lord Jesus, the creator of the world, as he beheld him in his hands, he knew that this child would prepare him one day a place in heaven, that this child would, uh, would uh, forgive him of all of his sins, that this child would give him eternal life, that this child that he held in his hands would give him all the things that he could never have on his own. But in order for that to happen, this child was going to have to die for him. So you can imagine the, uh, uh, the, the overwhelmingness of the joy and the sadness there coupled together as he beheld the Lord and looked at him in his face. He says, Mine eyes have seen thy salvation. And there in verse 31 he says, Which thou hast prepared before the face of all people. And he realized this child is not only going to die for me, but he's going to die for everyone, for all people. For everyone who is, is ever born, for everyone, because everyone's a sinner, there is none righteous, no, not one. And so this child that I'm holding in my arms is, is the Savior of the world, is born to die. And he has been prepared before the face of all the people. In verse 32, he says, He has a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of the people Israel. I don't know about you, but I'm glad the Lord Jesus brought some light into my life. I'm glad the Word of God brings light into my life. The Bible says that the Word is a lamp into our feet and a light to our path. The Bible tells us that God is light. We see throughout the Scriptures that the Lord Jesus is the light. And we see that without that light, the Bible says that we sit in darkness. And there in verse 32... We see here born into this world a light. A light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. I never forget the day that the Lord Jesus 
shed his light upon me and I got saved. I'm thankful for the people that's been in my life that has, uh, throughout my life, has given me light, who has helped to guide me through the Holy Spirit of God, who has uh, been such a blessing to me uh, in, in my ministry and has uh, been there for me um, in, uh, in many ways. And the Bible shows us right here that the Lord Jesus, He is a light to lighten the Gentiles and that He is the glory of thy people Israel. Lord Jesus was born for the purpose and that purpose was to die. And we're going to thank Him for that here in just a little bit. But as we take part in the Lord's Supper and we think about this moment where Simeon was holding the Lord Jesus in his hands and as he held the Lord Jesus in his hands he was so thankful and so grateful but yet so I imagine sorrowful in his heart this precious baby that, we, that he held before him was going to have to die for him to die the innocent the innocent die for the unjust the Bible says there in verse 32 that the Lord Jesus is a light to lighten the Gentiles. And I'm so thankful that he is a light to me. And I pray tonight that he is a light to you. And I pray that you know him as your personal Savior. As we get ready to take part in the Lord's Supper tonight, I'm going to give you an opportunity to get saved if you're here tonight and you're not saved. Or if you are saved to get your heart right with God. If you're here this evening and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, I encourage you tonight to see just who Jesus is. That He is the Savior of the world, that He was born and came to this world to be a light to the Gentiles. He came to this world to provide for you and to give you what you could have never have provided and given to yourself. That he tonight has given you an opportunity to get saved, to come to know him as your Savior. But also given you an opportunity tonight that if your heart has gotten away from him, or if you're living a guilty distance away from the Lord tonight, to give you an opportunity to get that right. And so as nobody's looking but me and the Lord this evening, if you're here tonight and you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, nobody's looking but me and the Lord. And you'd like to get saved or need to get saved, would you just put your hand up so I can see you, anybody, anywhere. I've never accepted Christ as my Savior, but I'd like to tonight. It could be that you're here this evening and you're just praying and you know that you're saved and you know you're on your way to heaven. But you're just praying and asking that the Lord would help you this evening to help you to be the best man and woman of God that you need to be. And, and as the new year gets ready to come in here in just a couple of weeks, that the Lord would help you to to continue to serve Him, to continue to trust in Him, and to continue to be faithful. And whatever it is that may be on your heart tonight, that you work that out with the Lord. For the Bible tells us in His Word here in 1 Corinthians, the Bible says, Let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we had judged ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened to the Lord, that we should not be condemned 
with the world. So what I want us to do tonight is before we take part in the Lord's Supper, is just take a few moments as the piano plays. For every one of us to take just a couple of moments just to examine our own hearts. And if there's something that we may find within ourselves that we need to pray and get right with God, that we make sure that we do that. And you know your heart better than anybody else other than the Lord Jesus. So here this evening, before we take part in the Lord's Supper, I'll give you a couple of moments to just reflect and just to think. and Ask the Lord to put His finger that it may be on something in your heart and your life that maybe needs to be rectified and forgiven. That maybe needs to be done right before we take part in the Lord's Supper tonight. One more verse. 